We're going to continue our series. Uh, it's Believe. He started a series called Believe. Today we're going to talk about believing. We're going to talk about the ground and uh, or the heart. The ground or the heart. But before I get there, my wife was touching on it. I didn't even talk to my wife. But Jesus was all the time talking about a kingdom. Somebody shout a kingdom. Kingdom. See, Jesus is a king. He's the king of kings. You know, can you nod your head? Yes. You know, this Bible that I read, it's not a religious book. It's a kingdom book built off kingdom principles where a king came to earth and says, let me tell you how to rule things in your life. Does that make sense? Yes. Jesus would always talk in parables. He says, the kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like this. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And then after a while, his 12 disciples started scratching their head and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Now, these rascals been teaching or pre praying their whole life. Why did they need to be taught how to pray? Because when Jesus prayed, people's eyes got open. When Jesus prayed, he walked on water. When Jesus prayed, thought that, oh, you can give God a shout of praise. Amen. What they realize is maybe I'm not doing this thing right. And maybe you're doing something that I'm not doing. So many times we come to church and some people are getting blessed and some people aren't getting blessed. Maybe it's nothing wrong with the word, nothing wrong with the preacher. But maybe we need to learn something that we're missing so we can get the same results they're getting. Amen. That's a good time to shout. Amen. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father, first of all, you got to know He's your Father. You're not an orphan. You're not less than. You're not forgotten about. He's your Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I need your kingdom that's in heaven. It ain't doing me no good in heaven to come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was wanting to bring a kingdom like I am a citizen of another kingdom. I don't have to live by what this world gives me. I don't have to go by what the world says about me. I belong to another kingdom by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I have access to something. Man, I, you have access to streets of gold. You have access to health. You have access to things. You have access to peace. You have access to hope. Amen. You may not see hope in this world, but you have access to another kingdom. And today I want to give you a kingdom principle. Jesus called it a mystery of the kingdom. He talked to thousands of people on the sea and he didn't even break it down. He just said if they get it, they get it. And then to his disciples, he says, I'm going to unlock a door. And now you're going to have access to something that many people are meeting in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. That was the introduction. So we're going to start in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, Jesus began. Now, this is going to be the longest scripture you've ever read in the history of Solid Rock. Y'all just forgive me. And he began to teach about the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship, and he sat at the sea, and the whole multitude was beside the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And others fell on good ground, and it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said unto him, He that hath ears to hear, let them hear. And when they were alone, they that were about him with the twelve, that's his disciples, asked him the parable. And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to them that are without, all things are done in parables. 
That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know you not this parable? How will you know all the parables? Meaning they're all locked up into this one. The sower sows the word. And these are they that fell by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard it, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these likewise are they that are sowed on the stony ground. When they have heard it, immediately they receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. These are those that, fo uh, that were sown among the thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust and the things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they that are sown on the good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bringeth forth fruit. Some 60, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Amen? Amen. So, oh, that was God's long. I know. Thank you. Woo, thank you. So the sower sows seed. That seed is the word of God. Every time Pastor Jacob he gets up here, he's the sower. He's throwing the word of God, and he's throwing it out there. He's throwing it on the ground. A so he's not his word. He's sowing the word of God and he's sowing seed. Somebody say seed. seed. Now we don't really live in a world of seed. We go to the grocery store and we get everything. But really God has set in motion something about seeds. He made a plant one time. He's never had to make another orange tree because the seeds replenish himself. He made man one time. He never had to make man again because the seed keeps replenishing the earth. Are you with me right now? So first of all, let's just take a look at seed. Seed is so important. Do you know there's a place in, uh, in right at the North Pole in Norway, and it's it's not in there. It, it, it's called the Doomsday Vault. And inside this vault that is hundreds and hundreds of feet into the permafrost of Earth, every nation around the world has taken all their seed and they put it into this vault in case a nuclear war happened, in case devastation or natural disasters, that when it was all over, they would have the seed to bring back to life. Are y'all with me right now? They're not putting a fruit tree in the ground. They're just putting the seed. And that seed can stay in there and lay dormant and do nothing. But the day a seed hits the ground, the day it hits something, the seed hits the ground, then destiny is released. And that that's in the seed and that that's in the ground brings forth something you've never seen before. Something so little brings forth a tree that the birds can rest in and brings forth fruit for man to eat. All you got to have a seed's no good on a shelf. It's going to need ground one day. Are you with me? Somebody say amen. So let's examine the seed. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, now the seed that we're talking about today is the word of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void and without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and he divided the light from the darkness. Stop. I read that a lot in my life, but I had a little bit of problem. The God that I look in creation, he says in Romans chapter 1, that creation, I'm without excuse at how awesome he is. My God makes beautiful things. Go down to the beach for a second. You'll see that there's a big God when you look out and there's nothing but ocean. When God makes something, he makes something beautiful. He makes it complete. This is, yes. That's how he does things. So how is God showing up to a place that's void and without form and covered in darkness? That's when you got to study a little bit. 
That word, it says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was. That word was in the Hebrew is hayah. Say hayah. hayah. If you grew up in the 80s, there were so many karate movies. Hayah. <laughs> hayah. Everybody's hayah. That word is hayah. You can change was to become. Say become. become. Now we're going to read it again. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Stop. He made it perfect. Made it complete. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. And the earth became void and without form. Now, does that make a lot of sense to somebody? Does it make sense that God created something beautiful and something wonderful and then something came in and made it void and without form and darkness was there? And then, okay, if you got kids, you know what's happening. I can clean their room and it can be perfect in order and I can leave it in five minutes in Roman's room. It can be void and without form and darkness can be upon the whole face of the day. You with me right now? So God shows up and he's like, here's my earth. He's not mad at it. He, and here's another thing. He doesn't speak what he sees. He speaks what he wants. When God declares something over you, you can be in fear. And he says, no, my peace I give you. And in that moment, you don't feel the peace. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what's present. God says you got peace. You got peace. God's not calling what he sees. He's calling what he wants. He's calling what he designed for you to be. Amen. And he shows up to the world and it's void and it was and it's without form. And he says, this isn't going to do darkness. It's time for dark. First of all, he wants to look inside the earth and show the earth there's something in you you didn't even know you had. This morning you came here and God wants you to know you may feel void and without form and empty, but there's something in this ground that you got that's far bigger than you ever see, far bigger than you ever know. When God created you in your mother's womb, he fashioned and formed you into his likeness. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The day you encounter who you really are, you're about to show up, show out, and show this world you a bad man. <laughs> So God shows up and he looks at the earth and he says, you know what? Darkness, you got to keep it. Let there be light. And he's separated. Some of us just need separation from the things that belong in us to the things that don't. He separated the darkness from the light. And you know what he said? He said, it's good. Every time he wanted to tell the earth, I know you felt empty, but you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Then after he did that, the Bible says there's nothing but water. And he says, that's not going to do. Water, I need you to get up. And I need you to get down. And he put a space in between it called heaven, called the firmament. That's the second thing he did. And he said, it's good. Say, it's good. good. Then he said, water, I know you ain't even going to believe this. But you got something in you beside H2O. And he said, let all the waters of heaven be gathered into one place and let dry land appear. He said, baby, you thought you was just wet, but you got dry land. And the God says, it's good. Say, it's good. And he said, water, you ain't going to believe this. But besides that land you got, guess what's in the land? And the next thing you know, every tree and every herb began to pop up and began to grow. Are you getting this right now? And he wasn't done. He said, hold on a minute. Let me get back to you, heaven. And he looked at the firm and he says, you know what? You've got something in you you didn't even know. And he called the stars out by name and he made them to shine. And he said, let there be lights. And he said, let there be a light to govern the day and let there be a light to govern the night so that they can't be the same. And he divided. Are y'all getting the God that you serve? Then he said, baby, you just thought you had some lights in you. You got something besides some lights. And he looked and he caught all the sea creatures, every whale, every sea urchin, every seahorse began to come forth. Look, I thought it was void and without form. How's all this stuff coming out of nowhere? 
Then he looked back at the ground. He says, yeah, I'm not done with you yet. And he says, let every creeping, crawling thing and every beast of the earth come forth out of you. And then everything began to crawl. And then the eighth thing he did, he said, my God, it's ready for you. It's ready for something. And then he says, let us. He looked at himself and said, now let us. Make man in our image. And God scooped up a big pile of clay. He fashioned, formed you, and breathed in you. And we became a living being. That's a bad God. Give him a hand clap. It was there all along. What you need isn't coming. It's already there. Look to your neighbor and say, it's already there. You just need to let it happen. Say, let it happen. Jesus, God didn't say make it happen. He said let there be light. That word let means to prevent or forbid or allow. That means can you let your kid go with me on my bus. In other words, God is asking permission for his divine will to be done in your life. The ability for him to work in your life is will you let him do it? Amen. Now let's go to us. This is about us, the ground. John chapter 1. Sounds a lot like Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the seed. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him. That's the Word, Jesus. And without Him was nothing made that was made. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. John 1, 11 through 13. And He came unto His own. And his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but the will of God. What are you saying, Pastor Matt? That what God did in Genesis chapter 1, he was trying to do in John chapter 1, but man had to say so. Man was in darkness. The earth was in darkness. God was saying this. I wanted to do the same thing to man when I showed up in my son Jesus. He was the word made flesh. But the problem was is I came to him and they said, uh-uh, not here. I had the power to set everything in order. Just like I did with the earth and make it beautiful. See, so many people have gotten to you before you ever met God. Woo! Things have been spoken over you. Things have been done to you. You've been let down. You've been uh, dropped. You've been forgotten about. Words been spoken over you. Things that are a lie. And now God wants to enter in. And he wants you to let him come in and put you back together just like he did the earth. But you got to let him. Amen. That's, that's good. That's good. So he says this is why it's not happened. He says there's not a problem. Can you give me that seed, honey? He says there's not a problem with the seed. We establish that when God speaks, it happens. Are you all with me? The problem, he says, is the ground. So the sower went to sow. And he sowed a little bit on the wayside. Then he sowed a little bit on the stony ground. He's a sunflower seed. He sowed a little bit among the thorns. And he sowed some on the good ground. And he said, I sowed the same seed. Each one had the same potential. But the reason why this one doesn't get that one is because the ground shot the ground. Now this is the wayside. What's the wayside? You guys that are thinking about where you're going to eat today, you're the wayside. 
You don't need to hear this loud, crazy dude up there. He too young to be talking. That's the wayside. The Bible says that when that was so, the ground was so hard. This was like their streets. This was the way that they walked. This was like your asphalt. This was my way. I don't need God. I already got this thing figured out. I love you, God. I can get to heaven, but I'm handling my family just fine, God. I'm handling my finances just fine, God. I'm handling my health. Oh, y'all with me right now. Anytime that I give God the hand and I'm not letting them into that place of my life, that's when the seed's falling on the wrong ground. If you've ever said to yourself when you're in the church service, man, it'd be good if Jim was here. No, you the wayside. This message is for you. I done it. I give y'all a joke. I know I'm coming at you like a doggone Gatling gun. I'm not making fun of my wife, but she said I have the privilege. Listen, I'm nothing without God and her. She is an angel. Anytime I'm, I'm, we got an issue, God says, shut up. She's the best I got. You mess it up, it's your own fault. So I know what I got. We're going on vacation one time. We had an Escalade. God had blessed us with my, my yep, beautiful. Right. Just gave it to us. We're going on our cruise, and, and I had, I did, I did the husband thing. I packed the thing. I had it packed, baby. And I got six head of kids, so this thing's packed. But she already had a way. She sold the thing packed. So I go to get my shower, because you know, I don't like me sweating and all that. So I did all the pack, you know, it's in there. And then I go get my shower, and I'm ready to go on this cruise. I come out, my beautiful wife's got luggage shrouded everywhere. I said, what are you doing? This ain't the way I sold it. I said, it's in there. I said, okay, baby, let's just do whatever way you want. We get to almost done, and there's one more piece of luggage, and it ain't fitting. I said, so you want to do it my way? So every time we enter into that this situation, I say, baby, don't repack the van. Don't repack the van on me, baby. Don't repack the car on me. It's good. Sometimes we're like that with God. We've got our life figured out. We got it figured out. And he has no room to come in. Oh, that's the wayside. Amen. It says in the Bible that there, Proverbs 14, 12 says there is a way that we think it's not going to be up there. That seems right to a man. But the Bible says the end is the way of death. The end is the way of destruction. First Corinthians 1 26 says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you wise by human standards, not many influential, not many of you a noble birth. Why? Because God wanted to nullify things, nullify the things that are. When we've got a lot going on in this world, when we're noble, when we got it going on, we're that wayside. I got it. I don't need God. I can do it without God until we can't. Are you, are you getting it? And what you got to remember as well is Genesis 8.21 says, you can be deceived by your intentions. For he talks about as he says, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. You can't be guided by your own intentions. Amen. Amen. I saw that in Roman yesterday. Here I am, pastor over kids, and my kid was one of the worst kids here yesterday. <laughs> Lady come up to me and says, he's stealing all my ducks. My dinosaurs are missing. I don't even know where he's putting them. I said, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, I do run to kids. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I guess I'm not doing a good job. Listen. Is that funny? That's funny. We, we quote a scripture all the time. It's John 10, and it says the thief, somebody shout the thief, comes, but for three ways. To steal, shout steal. Kill, destroy. 
Y'all help me out. Say steal. Say kill. Say destroy. One more time. Don't just quote it from this day forward in your life. See what he's doing. He's stealing. He's killing. And he's destroying. He can't do anything else. The Bible says that he came and he stole it. Now let me ask you something. You think you don't need it, so I got my own way. But the enemy thinks it's so important, he's willing to steal it. So think about it right there. He knows the power of the seed. He knows the power of the word of God. He knows that it's, it's going to happen. Amen. He knows if that thing ever takes root, something amazing. The kingdom is going to come and then he's in trouble. So he's got to get it and scoop it. What are you allowing to be stolen in your family, your finances, your walk with God? Because you got to have it your way. That's good preaching, Pastor Matt. I've been there. Amen. Ground number two. Say ground number two. Is the hardness of heart. The Bible says... That it, it's, I caught this this morning. I mean, this was just this morning. He says that when, it, when the seed went in the ground, it immediately, shot immediately, immediately, sprang up because it was hitting something. It had nowhere to go. The seed wanted to go down to get roots in the ground because it knew without roots it couldn't get anywhere. But there was some hard places. There were some stony places. And because it hit rock bottom, it went and sprung up. And the Bible says that when trouble came, and the trouble only came because there was some word. Nod your head. How many of y'all just get to serving God? You're trying to step out in God and then trouble come. I was talking to a family. They blessed me and they were saying that. Their, uh, their daughter wanted to begin tithing. They said I could share this. And she, she wanted to begin tithing. And not long after she began tithing, then trouble came. Come on, just come on. The, uh, he's trying to see. Are you going to let go of that word? So that the trouble goes away? Or are you going to let that word take hold? Amen. Sometimes you're like, my God, what's happened to me? No, the trouble isn't there because you're doing anything wrong. The trouble's coming because you're doing everything right. Amen. 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 Now, for some of us, it hits something. And that's the stony places in Ezekiel 36, 26. God says, a new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put in you. And I will take away the stony heart of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Hebrews 3.8 says, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion during your time of testing in the wilderness. There's so many times that in our life, we allow our heart to get hard. We may have had a failed marriage, so we get a hard heart. We may have had a bad business deal, so we get a, no, no, you did me once, shame on you. Do it again, shame on me. You know what I'm saying? You've heard those things being said. We get these hard places in our life because we've been let down. We've been put down. And God says, you can never get to this place in your life with the rocks and the stones of your heart. You Just because somebody offends you or hurts you or you felt like, man, I've been to a place where I've felt like God failed me. Amen. I've been to a place that the exact opposite of what God said was going to happen in my life happened. And then I was at a moment, did God lie or is something about to happen? Amen. Amen. And I've not always passed the test on the first time. I've been here a lot and I've failed. I've allowed the stony place to stay in my life. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Now I want you to teach you a little trick right here. The trouble comes in Isaiah 54, 17. We quote this all the time. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yes, see, you know what you're saying over there. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. But you've got to compare this with Isaiah 55, 11.
God says about his word. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that for which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing that I sent it. So stop. The enemies made a weapon, shout a weapon. God has released his word, shout his word. There's a word, it's easy, W. There's a word and there's a weapon, amen. And they're both coming because they want that right there. Are you getting, is that making sense right now? Now here's the great thing. The weapon, the trouble, is formed against Matt. The enemy brought out his best weapon to take Matt Johnson down, to take Heinrich down, to take Melissa down, to take Dylan down. He knows you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your shortcomings. He knows your parents. He studied you. Come on now. He knows when you're cranky. He knows to get you when you're weak. He knows right when to come in because he's known you. He's known your daddy and he's known your daddy's daddy. And he's been doing this a long time. And I can tell you, I'm not giving him no glory. He's got a weapon that can take you. But it can take me. It can't do nothing with that right there. Woo! That's a good time to shout. He got prepared for the wrong adversary. He got prepared for the wrong match. He brought a knife to a gunfight, somebody. The weapon can't form against the word. And it says, either God says, my word's going to prosper. So either the weapon's going to prosper or the word's going to prosper. And you get to decide which one happens. Is that good? Have you, yeah, well, that's what I did. Wow. One's got to prosper, baby. And if you give up on that word, you say, oh, this ain't even worth it no more, God. God, you said I was supposed to be blessed and now I got more bills than I ever had. I should have never tied to start with. If that's your attitude, then the weapon just won. But if you stand your ground and says, no, God, no, you said I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field, whatever my hands touch is blessed, my blasting is blessed, I'm the city set up on the hill that shall not be healed. I don't know what's going on, but you're about to do something in my life. Then the next thing you know, the weapon, baby, it's just got to run away. Amen? Y'all shout amen. Amen. Glory. Colossians 2, 7. So let your roots go down in him and let your life. Uh, and let your lives be built upon him. God wants his roots. See, we're, we're discovering a relationship between you and the word of God. And God's not just wanting it to be a head knowledge. He's wanting a relationship. He's wanting to get this word rooted on the inside of you. So you can stand every storm, every test, every trouble. He doesn't want it just to be top heavy, baby. He wants to be more going on in you underneath than anybody can see. He wants there to be a deep relationship. And God loves you so much that he wants things that in you, out of you, more than you want them gone. Job said like this, the very thing, it's not up there. The very thing that I feared has come upon me. I don't know about you, but my son was afraid of the dark. That made me mad. There ain't nothing to be afraid of of the dark, son. God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I wanted what was in him that wasn't of God out of him. Are y'all with me? When God looks at us and he sees those stony hard places, those places that are not of God, he will, that doesn't belong in my child. That doesn't need to stay. That hurt, that brokenness, it doesn't belong there. So God allowed the trouble to come Job's way because he wanted the fear to get out of Job. Give God a hand. 
If I gotta go through a storm to get right, then baby, let the winds blow. Let's go to the next ground, amen? amen. We go. Are y'all having a good time? Yeah. This one right here is the tricky one. Luke 8, 14. Those that fell among the thorns are they that heard, go forth, and are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life, and they bringeth no fruit to perfection or completion. This is the enemy's last chance. He came in to steal. He killed this one. He was dead. Now this one's tricky because it's got a little fruit. You've taken this word of God and you've gone all the way, baby. And now fruit, people are beginning to see this word manifest in your life. When you go into a food line, what's going on with her? What's going on with him? When you go to work, what's going on with him? When you out there, you go to Thanksgiving, you're, what's going on? What happened to him? They're beginning to see something go on in your life that they've never seen. So now the enemy's trick, and I've never seen this, and I've been in church my whole life. Now he wants to give you what he thinks you want. That's the thorns. The Bible says that now he brings things of this world, good things. They look good. They feel good. You're starting to serve God. You're starting to grow. Him. You're in every Bible study, every men's fellowship. And the next thing you know, some job promotion comes. Some woman you maybe, yeah, yeah, relationships. Oh, come on. Y'all seen somebody in church get moving with God, on fire for God. They restore their life. And the next thing you know, they start dating somebody new. I, yes, sir, I've seen it. Sometimes things are coming and we got to check if they're good or they're not good because they could be thorns coming to choke what God's trying to do in my life because he never wants me to get to hear somebody shout. I got to say, God, is that you or is that not you? Jesus had to do this. The Bible says that Jesus was in the wilderness in Matthew 4, 8 and 11. And again, the devil taketh him up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and the glory of them. And said, all these things I will give you. I'll give you everything, Jesus. You came in. Don't need to go to the cross. Don't need to do all that. That's just crazy, man. Let's just do this right here, baby. You want it? It's yours. That's what it is. What you want to get beat for? Ain't none of that got to happen. If you will fall down and worship me, then Jesus said to them, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. you got to understand, there's no shortcuts in this thing. There's no easy way. Come on in this thing. You want this thing to come out right, baby, because when it runs out right, can't nobody do nothing to stop it. Can't nobody do nothing to take it away. When it's yours, it's yours. Amen? Listen, he's the thief. Does the thief own anything? So he's only going to offer you stolen goods. Got that one last night. It ain't even his, baby. That's how it's going to choke it up. Because one day somebody going to come knock and say, you know the thing he gave you? Guess what? It's mine. He couldn't even give him the kingdom of the world. You know why? It wasn't his to give. He's got nothing to offer you. Can somebody shout amen? I've seen so many people. They get right here to this place. 
And this is the tricky one. Listen, you want to know why I buy more bounce houses than anybody? You want to know why I want 65 inch flat screen TV? You want to know why I had them write my own rap song? Because I never want to get comfortable right here. I never want to take my foot off the gas pedal. I never want to back up, baby. I never want to settle for it. I want to say, God, get me all the way, all the way. I don't want to relax. I don't want to settle. I don't want to settle for what's good if what's great is on the tape. Here's another thing I've never seen. I'm about done. Y'all go home, eat your chicken. <laughs> all of them. I used to think, God, why did you give them all seed? Why did you waste it? That's how nasty I was. Why didn't you just put it all there? Because it's progressive. Today you may be the wayside, but one day you're going to just trust God and you're going to end up here. And you may not get it the first 5, 10, 15, 20 times, but if you stay with God, God's going to keep dropping seed on you and dropping seed on you and dropping seed on you. Come on, that's a good time, baby. He's never going to quit dropping seed on you because he knows where your destiny is. And he knows there's one day you get here. And when you miss it and you blow it here, he don't even get mad at you, baby. And you don't even have to start back there. The way I know it, teachers, if I pass the first and second grade, I don't have to repeat them. place are you at, baby? It's time to graduate. God's a good God. He doesn't waste anything. There was a woman at the well, and she had had five husbands, and she was with the sixth husband, and she was there because she was shamed, and she wasn't supposed to go with other the women, and Jesus showed up, and he began to talk to her, and he said, talk to me, and she says, yeah, he said, go call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He says, I know because you had five and the one you're with, you're shacking up with. <laughs> and you think they're your shame. But you don't realize they're the thing that brought you to here today. You wouldn't be here if it worked out. You needed all seven, all six to get to me. I'm your seventh. I'm the one you've been looking for. You won't want to come on, somebody. It doesn't matter how many times you missed it or you're bloated. God's going to use everything on your behalf of your good. Amen? Amen. We're going to get to the last ground and we'll get out of here. That's the good ground. Amen. You know what? So many people miss this. I see so many people, they don't have a, they don't have a problem sowing. They don't have a problem going through hard times. But my God, they just, they just forget their head when the harvest comes. Genesis says 8.22, as long as the earth endures seed time and harvest. God says if I put seed in the ground, I've got to have a what? Harvest. One more time. If I put seed in the ground, I've got to have a harvest. Why would you give up on your harvest? Not me. If I put it in the ground, baby, I'm going to get a harvest. Amen? The only thing you've got to fight is time. Now, here's, here's the funny thing about harvest. Harvest is the hardest part of the whole process. I'm not a farmer. I didn't know how to research it. But that's when you do the most work. That's when you got to cut it down. You got to sort it. You got to say, listen, if you thought you worked all the way up to the point, the day that you finally get there, you're about to work harder than you've worked all year. Are you with me? And that's why Jesus said some produce 30, 
Some produce 60 and some produce 100. Why? Not because they're different, but it's because how they responded to the harvest. There was a woman named Ruth. And she got to the harvest and she was the peasant and she was only allowed on the outside. And most peasants on the outside at harvest thought that they weren't good enough. So they just picked. You with me? Ruth didn't pick like that, baby. She got in that harvest and she just started making moves happen. And the next thing you know, the Bible says that Boaz said, who in the world is that woman? She ain't acting like nobody else. She may be on the bottom floor, but she's not going to stay on the bottom floor long. And she was working so hard that he said, I want you to bring her from the outside into the inside. That was somebody say 30. 30. Now say 60. 60. That's pretty good. At about that time, she could have settled in and she could have just relaxed. But now Ruth began to work just as hard on the inside as she did on the outside. Are you with me? Yeah. Bible says that at night she says, you know what? I don't even want this harvest to start with. What I want is you. And she went to Boaz. And the next thing you know, she marries Boaz. She just didn't get the field. She got the field and Boaz. She got the whole harvest. She started on the outside and she got the whole thing. Somebody give God a hand clap. That's a good God. We're going to close with this. Jesus went through all these processes with you. The Bible says the enemy came and he says, if you be the son of God, he got a word. He got a word from God that says, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And that word, that seed was tested, even though he was the word. And he came here and he says, Jesus, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. You've been living now 30 years. You get hungry. The Bible says that he was a hungered. And what you do when you're hungry, you eat. So Jesus, this is the way we're supposed to do it. Make these stones and the bread. Jesus said, uh-uh. Man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, he stepped on over. Then the devil took him to the top of the temple, put him in a place, put him in trouble. He was like on the top of, let's say, uh, the Empire State Building, what it was like that day. And he said, all right, Jesus, I got you here. There's no way out. Now jump. He said, the Bible says that your angels are going to come and rescue you. Jesus says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. I'm not jumping. You didn't put me anywhere. My God doesn't know where I'm at. And so he knows what's about to happen. I don't have to jump to know that he's here. He's here because he's in me. Amen. That was there the next way. I done read it to you. He takes them to the top of the mountain. He shows them all the riches in the kingdom of the world. They're all yours if you'll just fall to me and bow. Why did Jesus go through all this? For you. You're his harvest. You're his harvest. And he just doesn't want 30-fold. He doesn't want 60-fold. He wants 100-fold. He wants everything that he died for. Last week we celebrated Easter. I got to tell you that the blood of Jesus is enough to wash away every sin. Every mistake, everything that you've been going through, every letdown. And if it's all right with you, can we just bow our heads? Yes. I want to just give this opportunity to anybody. If you'd say, you know what, Matt, I don't know, God. I don't know if I left here today where I would spend eternity. Can I tell you that hell is real where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the Bible says that men gnaw their tongues for pain. But there's a place called heaven, which is made for you with streets of gold where God is. And he wants you to live and dwell there for all eternity. And if you don't know with 100% of surety, today you can know because the Bible says 
in Romans that the spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit that we're children of God. So you can know today beyond any shadow of doubt that you are a child of God and on your way to heaven. If there's anybody here, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to bring you to the front. We're just going to say a prayer corporately. If there's anybody unsure, just lift your hand. I see those hands. Anybody else? That's it. Come on. You don't want to leave here. Let this word come in. Don't be the wayside another day. Anybody else? Let's pray. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Say, I believe believe that you are alive alive and rose from the dead. I'm asking you to come into my heart to wash me clean with your precious blood. Now shout this. Say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm on my way to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Y'all give God a hand clap this morning. Did y'all get something today? What grade are you going to be, baby? First grade, second grade, third grade. All you got to do is believe. Amen?